Welcome to the Property Chit Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Louise Roke, where I talk about everything and anything property. Thanks so much, Grant, for coming in again today. This is Grant Patton from the Loan Market. And today, Grant's going to tell me a little bit about actually the difference between banks and non-banks, so other lending institutions and, and how he works in with them. Yeah, so um, I, I guess the main difference is you have your five, five main banks in New Zealand who who generally people have gone with since they were five years old and started with their little money boxes. Um, and then now we're becoming far more used to seeing the use of non-main bank lenders, the likes of Resimac, um, Select um, and Heartland and, and the other non-bank lenders like that. Um, and I guess the bonus with these now is that they still offer really competitive interest rates for people who can't necessarily get a home loan with a main bank, um, particularly people who may be self-employed or have just started up in business. So what you're trying to say is is that these non-lending institutions are more flexible than banks. Absolutely. So for a self-employed person... Are you going to get person, shot saying this? <laughs> probably, probably. But there's just that flexibility. If you want to buy a home now, you've only been in business for six months, um, you can go to a non-bank lender. They will accept six months interim books or some GST returns. Yes, they will put a loading on the interest rate. What does this loading mean? What do you mean by that? So the loading is a percentage they'll add to the, their, their carded interest rate. So it, it may be, you know, they give you, instead of paying um, 4%, you may end up paying 5.8%. Um, but that would only be temporary. It still allows you to make the purchase, buy your home, and pay your debt down as quickly as possible. So that's only might be for a year, did you say? Absolutely. Oh, okay. So it, it may be that you get those books fully completed in 12 months, and then we can look at taking you back to a main bank. And that obviously would be in the contract. So it would say there that you've got this loading for a year of that percentage rate. And then after a year, it's going down to that. Absolutely. And so, you know, just to give you an example, some of the main bank, uh, some of the non-bank lenders now offer interest rates, you know, 3.89% for two years. Um, so these, these sorts of um, options are there for people who may not be able to get lending from the main bank initially. And why, why wouldn't somebody be able to get money from a main bank but be able to get it from someone else? So quite often the main reasons for people not being able to get main bank lending are that they are self-employed and they have, have started in a new business and they haven't been running for at least a year, probably two uh, years for most main banks. So, so the banks aren't huge on the self-employed and these other institutions are really making that a niche for them. They make it, they have an alternative. It's not that the main banks aren't, good with the self-employed it's just they have stringent more stringent rules around how long you have to have been trading before they will look at you um the other options are for those people that have had um some bad debt during their you know the last five years who may have credit issues right these non-bank lenders will then look at you again they will put a loading on it but they will look at you to be able to do let's it let's talk about that for a minute so say if um somebody's got a you know history of some bad credit some stuff happened um let's face it you know it's all these d's that happen isn't there you know divorce death whatever the other ones are i'm sure you can think of them but so what i'm saying is they've had a few things happen and you know they've got this bad credit rating and it, it's not from anything they've done you know that's sort of illegal all of a sudden the other thing it's just it's just it's shit's happened and so here they are and then they've got this bit of a bad credit rating H how long does that stay on there how do you get it off and can you just talk to us about that from because you know we don't see this 
create behind the scenes sort of thing of what's there. So, so I guess the one thing I'd always encourage people is to do a simple credit check on yourself through Credit Simple. Um, you can do that, and it'll just give you a basic credit rating. It's not as in depth as what. Oh, the that's bank interesting. Would do. So, it's a website, Credit yep, Simple. CreditSimple.co.nz. You can do it on yourself. It's free to do on yourself. Um, and you know it'll give you a credit score ranging you from poor to very good. Okay. Um, that's the first step to see if you've had anything because a lot of people actually have may have had mispayments and particularly now everything's moved towards non-mail um, bills. You know, yeah, well, your Vodafone or telecom bill will come on your email. You may miss it. One then it day. goes to spam, and then you can't find it. <laughs> So, you know. So, so Grant, you know, this um, Credit Simple thing, is that going to show every single loan you've had and everything as well? It's not going to show all of them because it is a, a, a more simple system, but it will give you a guide of if you've missed payments that you may not have realised oh, you've okay. missed. You know, it'll give you what you've missed within 30 oh, days. That's really good advice. So, the, the main thing, too, with people is that if you have a major default, that will sit on your credit check. For how okay. long? Um, well, it, it varies. Generally, it will be there for at least five years. Um, but if it's a small, more minor one, it will sit in behind the scenes and, and it may have an impact. But the key to that is when you're applying for your loan, you talk to your advisor um, or cough your up. bank, cough up, yeah. be honest. Exactly. And Honesty then you is can the best policy. Provide the mitigating factors. There may have been a reason. And that's what I was just talking about. You know, don't worry about it because, you know, things happen, life happens, and just say what happened because other people aren't mind readers and, you know, if you're out front and say it, well, then there's every problem's got a solution. Now, what about just going down this track now because it's, it's quite interesting, is what about if somebody has, for instance, been in business and then unfortunately it didn't go well and they ended up pretty much going down the tube and they were bankrupt? So it, it, what happens with those people? Is there hope at the end of the tunnel? Yes, there is always hope. Um, the standard, I like that. See, there's always hope. Look, yeah. I, I don't believe that you can never say never to anybody. Yeah. Um, it's always about designing a solution mm. and finding the solutions. Yeah. Yes, it may be five years down the track, um, but those people just need to rebuild their lives yeah. and rebuild their financial position. So what's the best thing that those people or people who want to build up their financial position anyway, from a bank's point of view or non-lending point of view, what is the best thing that they can show and do? So the best thing they can do is show a clean credit history for at least two years, um, particularly if they've had major significant ones. Um, no, you know, don't get into overdraft regularly, take overdrafts off your facilities, minimise your credit card limits and, and minimise any risk of missing payments on credit cards or phone bills or power bills. So just keep yourself clean and show a nice clean history for a couple of years of you being able to rebuild your financial trust because that's what the banks look at. They yes. look for the trend. I think the thing is, is that all this advertising at the moment that is bombarding people is about lending money or financial. Have you got any of these ones that are all this interest-free for, you know, three years, five years, and then somebody sits there for five years, <laughs> doesn't pay a cent. Absolutely. <laughs> and you then know, it's got this big bill. These new credit cards that say six months interest-free on purchases yeah. over $500, and, you know, that's all good and, and, and you can do that maybe for the first three months and then you forget about it and then all of a sudden you get interest charges starting to build on these things. 
and you build the level up, you know, and, and they'll give you limits of fifteen or twenty thousand dollars, and it becomes very easy to lose control of what's actually happening. It's absolutely crazy. So you really, really need to think about, you know, okay, we all have times that we think, oh, wouldn't it be nice to go on holiday? Wouldn't it be nice to? But you know what? It, it's so much more satisfying to go on holiday and know that you've paid it all, rather than coming back and paying for a holiday that you've already been on. You know, so I guess the risk is we all take credit cards, and and I'd be guilty of it myself for the bonus points, um, you know, the, the hot points or the flybys or whatever it may be. And sometimes that makes it very easy to spend on a credit card um, and then, of course, forget that the payments are due uh, each month. Exactly. And I think credit cards, in all honesty, I think the best thing that ever happened was um, I never had a credit card for years and years and years and years, and I think the best thing that ever was introduced was debit cards because, you see, they almost forced you into having a credit card because if you wanted to buy anything online, for instance, tickets or whatever, you couldn't do it before debit cards were introduced. You had to have a credit card. It was almost forced you into doing it because if you wanted to do any bookings. So the debit cards are just the best thing that ever happened. And have you noticed that since that's been introduced, I mean, it was a while ago now, but that more people, I mean, where does this credit card level sit these days? I mean, how many people do you reckon actually have actively got credit cards and actively use them and need them, you know? I think there's a huge number of people. So there still is. Okay. Because, because they're so easy to get, they're so accessible for people, who, particularly people who actually don't have any other debt, don't have mortgages and the like. The key is, you know, what I'm finding the most successful applicants that I'm seeing at the moment have little or no debt level at all. Yes. Um, they may not have the highest paying jobs, but because they don't have that debt level, they're far easier to get loans across the line with because they have a nice, good savings history. And let's face it, you know, when when people my age were growing up, you actually saved money. There was no even thought of getting a credit card or anything like that. And you know what? You have to actually sacrifice some stuff, you know, to get there. And it's so worth it. Sometimes I believe that, you know, you shouldn't buy something unless you actually have the money That's to right. buy it. yeah, you can actually and afford so, it. you know, it's particularly your small level items. I mean, I think the key for people is to understand if that you want to buy a home, you have to make some sacrifices to get into a home. Yeah, and the other good idea is too, is to see you, get pre-approved, and then basically you can work out how much you will be actually needing to put away every week and start living like that, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and as an advisor, it's not just about getting you approved. It's about actually managing you through the whole process from getting pre-approved, buying the house, setting the loan structure up, and then following you through for the next 10 or 15 or 20 years or until I retire, um, and actually helping you pay that mortgage down. Because it is possible to pay a, a mortgage down in 15 to 20 years yeah. if you're managing wow, it the that's, right way. that's the way to go, isn't it? Yeah. So also the other thing is, is that... Do you actually deal with people for the life of that loan? Well, you know, whatever, like you said, until you retire or whatever. Um, what I'm saying is, say if somebody did lose their job or circumstances changed, would they go to you or would they go to the bank? So absolutely. And if you've developed the correct relationship, they'll come back to me first. I will then either approach the bank or put them onto what they call the hardship team within the bank, who will then help them position their loan to alleviate them so that may be a mortgage holiday for three months yeah it may be just moving on to interest only for a year while their circumstances are corrected and I think the main thing there is too is that if you know that's happening or it's just happened get onto it straight away don't let it accumulate Absolutely. until you yeah so early intervention actually makes a huge difference and it's and it is about personal relationships yes you know, I love to think that all my clients if they have trouble will ring me 
straight away. No, that's and really we good. we can get onto it and make the changes that are necessary. That's fantastic. Well, that's Grant Patton from Loan Market giving us some really good advice today. So thank you very much, Grant. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Property Chit Chat. Subscribe to hear all our episodes. If you want further information, visit goodtonic.co.nz and hit the Property Chit Chat tab. Till next time, over and out.